Good morning, ladies and gents. It is Lucas Newton, your host of the Just Over Broke podcast. Welcome to episode number two. First of all, I hope you all have an awesome day. And uh, I'm very, very grateful that you have chosen to join me today on the second episode of the podcast, which is all going to be about my story. It's nothing to increase the size of my ego or the size of one's head. It's nothing like that. I just want to give you a bit of a breakdown about your leader, the person that is leading you through this life-changing experience, this journey that you are going to be going on with me. And so you know exactly who I am and what I've been through to get me to where I am at today. I think it's imperative that you sort of know me inside out. You know exactly my motives, why I'm doing this, why I'm helping um, people just like yourself get out of the nine to five, but what led up to me being at this point in my life. Because if you don't know the backstory, then it's going to be very, very hard for some people to to relate to me, right? To understand why I'm doing this and what pushed me to do this in the first place and why I've chosen this path of my life. So without further ado, let's jump straight in. All right, then, let's get this show on the road and wait no further. So my story, where did it all begin? Why am I here talking to you about getting out of the nine to five today? Well, my story actually, it began many, many years back, obviously, when I was around the, the age of about 11 years of age, 11 years of age, all that time ago. Uh, the time was around 2005, I believe. Um and it was at a time where all of my, my pals, my friends, they were getting pocket money by their parents. They were getting pocket money. And I wanted the same thing. Like I wanted pocket money to, to buy sweets, to buy ice cream, you know, those sort of things that you, that you just blow money on when, when you're a kid, right? Nice sweet treats. But my mum, my mum uh, wouldn't give me any pocket money. Like, you know, we, we were a middle-class family, but I can remember back then the, the, budgets, the budget was tight, right? There was I had two younger brothers, and um yeah we, we just we didn't have a, a great amount of money but you know it, it was what it was I, I, it's not like i never had food or anything like that there was always food on the table you know and a roof over my head etc but she would never give me pocket money and i remember i remember asking her one day for the, for this money right to go get an ice cream or whatever it was back then and she's like no you're not having any money i'm not giving you any money you don't need it right you just had tea or whatever it was i can remember being so so angry like like why won't you give me like a pound like do you know what I mean it's only a quid to go and get to go and get a bloody ice cream whatever like what is what's the big deal like my friends will get it why can't I have I have some money right to go and get what I want and like you are when you're when you're a kid you're big you're bold you know you have no fears kids these days they like they have, they have no oh my god how old did I just say man I just said kids these days they, they literally have no fear, right? They're fearless motherfuckers and they do anything and everything they need to do without the fear of consequence or anything like that. But I remember being bold. I remember walking into town with one of my friends. I'm not quite sure who it was was at the time. I'll have to rack my brains. But I remember going into a pub. Right? I was thinking, right, how can I, how can I make some money? How can I make some money to get myself some pocket money? So I went into this pub and I, and I remember speaking to the head chef and no names mentioned. And I said, look, uh, I want a job. I want to earn, I want to earn some my own money, right? Uh, you know, I've got stuff I want to buy and all my friends are getting money and I haven't got any. So can you help me out? I remember him, he was an 
awesome guy, absolutely awesome guy. And he's like, yeah, I'll take your name and your number. Didn't ask any questions. Fine, fucking fantastic because I was probably way too young, which I was too young at the time to have a legal job in a uh, business establishment. We didn't ask any of those questions. It was great. So did the big bold thing for the day, back home for tea, tea and cakes. Didn't think anything else of it, right? A week went by and I had no, no phone call, right? It dawned on me, oh, I must have blown that opportunity. I'm going to have to think of some other some other uh, like way to, to get some pocket money for myself if my mum isn't going to get, get give any uh, to me anyway. And I remember, I don't remember what I was, I was, what I was doing. I was probably watching TV or something crazy like that. But I can remember mum uh, coming off the phone one afternoon. I think it was like a Sunday or something crazy. I, just, I can picture it now in my mind, but what the hell I was doing, I don't know. I remember mum coming off the phone and asking me what I'd been up to. And I was like, well, you know, plenty of things, man. I'm a kid. I do, I do all sorts of crazy, weird and wonderful things. And she's like, well, the reason I is because um, the head chef from X pub has just come off the phone saying that you need to go down there and see him about a job. And I can remember feeling inside, oi, oi, I'm in with a shot here. I've got myself a job. Happy days. Just going to see what this guy wants. So at that young keen age, quick uh, shower, splash of brew and some fresh clothes down to the pub to have a chinwag with the guy that, that I'd spoken to about having a job. And, you know, within an hour or so, it was all suit and a boot. I was sorted. Being given my duties, being told what I've got to do, when I've got to do it, when to turn up and all the rest of it. Back then, it was easy as pie to get a job. Didn't need bloody, didn't need to have like all these interviews, CVs and all that malarkey. Just went down there, boom, done. Little did I know at that time what I'd gotten myself into. Uh, thinking about it now, it was such a such a great experience. I basically I found my first sort of work family, if you will. And it was full of awesome different characters, different types of people. You know, I'd never experienced anything like it. Um, it was... I, it was something I needed massively because I remember home life at that time. I, sh- I was struggling with massively because um, I was living with my with my stepdad, obviously my two stepbrothers and my mum. And throughout my entire life, even up until the, this this day, I've never really felt felt a true sense of of home. Right where like I'm just completely at one with myself. It's a really weird. Um, things to try and explain, but if you're in, if you've ever been in the same boat as myself, you'll understand exactly what I mean, and it will resonate with you. But it was in that moment when I was included in this work family of mine, being the younger, sort of baby-faced kid in the family. Now that's washing dishes and all the rest of it to get some money. I felt a true sense of belonging, right? A true sense of camaraderie and family with these people. That may I add, were a complete bunch of fucking lunatics but they helped develop me in so many different ways as the, as the guy I am today, you know, with people's skills, managing my time effectively and, you know, how to earn a bit of honest money. They taught me so much, absolutely so much. And I wouldn't be half the guy that I am today. As crazy um, as that sounds just from a pot washing job when you're 11. But, you know, as time went on, you know, I, people came and came and went and the family grew and grew, then got a bit less and less. And as, as what happens through when time passes, people come and go, right? But it was at a point where, you know, I continued to earn. I'd earn more and more money. Uh, my sock drawer was getting more and more full with cash. It was fantastic. I was buying literally everything I was. But what I didn't realize was at that time was I was beginning to pick up the mindset of keeping up with the Joneses, right? So I'd achieved my first goal of getting myself a little bit of income. 
and spending it on whatever the hell I wanted, you know, everything that you want to buy as a kid, right? All these crazy fun things that last all of about an hour and then you're bored of them. But I, I got in the mindset of keeping up with the Joneses. I was buying loads of shit that I didn't need, didn't really have any relevance in my life. I just bought it because other people had it and it was cool to have it, right? But little did I know later on in my adult life, this would become a massive problem for me, keeping up with the Joneses, you know, having social status among your peers, you know, having to have the best of the best. And at the time, like when I was younger, you know, move, moving up from my teens, I was earning all this money from this 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 uh, sort of pot washing job that progressed into other things, like you know, making the food, the dishes, and all the rest of it. I was earning all this money, and I wasn't paying any sort of large bills, right? So I just had all this coin coming in. It was great. I had, a, I had amassed a nice sum in my sock drawer, and I've always been used to buying the best of the best, but. When I decided to move out of home and get my own place, you know, and, and start sort of living the adult life as such, you know, you, you get bills to pay, right? And funds get a bit tighter, so therefore you have to work more. Um, and the funds decrease. You're not so accustomed to having the best things that you were used to because you're now shelling out more, more on more on, you know, bills, essentially, right? Rent, gas, electric, all the other stuff, healthcare and all that crazy nonsense. But it was at that time where I was still in the mindset of keeping up with the Joneses, right? So I, how else can I keep having the best gear, you know, the best cars, the best clothes? Well, the only way to do that is to keep exchanging your time for money, keep working harder, putting more and more hours in. And I remember the last few years at the pub, um, it was crazy. I was working, you know, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, maybe even a bit more during like the day festival periods and stuff, the massive book festival we have here in town. I was working crazy hours. And to me, I didn't care. I just wanted the money to keep up appearances, right? Keeping up with the Joneses to keep buying the nice things, the nice cars and all of that sort of stuff. But it reached a tipping point when the pub couldn't, couldn't physically give me any more hours, right? And I needed the income. So... I started to look elsewhere and I actually landed um, a job at the local supermarket, the cooperative in town. I landed my job there, but it wasn't just a clean cut. You're in, you, you know, you have an interview and you're in. It took me, took me three attempts to get in, not because of any silly exam or anything like that, but they haggled and haggled with the contracted hours. And I wasn't going to obviously take any less contracted hours than what I was doing at the moment because I'm looking for an increased income, right? To keep keeping up with them Joneses. Third interview round, finally got in. Got myself a, a decent contract, but admittedly, it was slightly less than I wanted, right? It wasn't exactly what I wanted. I took, I took my first ever financial risk, which I'd never ever done before. Like, this was me swimming in the fucking deep end and not knowing what was going to happen. But like I say, if you never take any risks, you never know what you could have had. So I took my risk and I worked my bollocks off. I worked my bollocks off for about 12 months, putting in every hour God would send. Same principles as the pub. They'd ring me up on short notice. I'd literally bang my work gear and run down to the supermarket to start a shift. Like there wasn't a time of day that wasn't available. I do split shifts. I do longer days. And I soon, I soon was known as, you know, the guy that would just work all day long, just do ridiculous hours. And some people would look at me, some people that have been there for longer than I had, just look at me and think, my God, you're mad. Like you, you literally have no idea what you're getting yourself into. But it paid off. I got myself promoted about 12 months in um, to a supervisor role. 
uh, again, nice, nice increase in pay, um, some, some more added benefits, more responsibility, helping me grow and develop into the person again I am today, right? All of these jobs that I've had, they've, they've enabled me, they've benefited me in, in growing and, and developing my knowledge and wisdom with other people. So again, it's, it's, it, it has, it's, it's got me the goal. It's got me the desired result I wanted. It's given me an increase in pay, more money to spend on pointless shit that I didn't want to, that, that I didn't know that I didn't really want or need and more responsibility, right, to help me grow. So <clears throat> the next step up for me by this point, because I had just, what was I at this time? I was 18, I think I was at this point, not long after I turned 18, I decided to the biggest jump that I'd ever got in my life and to buy a nice sporty Ford Fiesta Mark, Mark 7 ST, right? I think it cost, what was it at the time? I think it was just shy of 18, 19 grand, I think it was at the time. And that was the biggest lump of debt I'd ever taken on in my entire life, right? It had, it literally had all of the, all of the toys. It had every option. It was a, it was the ST3. So it was the top, top line one, right? There was nothing else you could have put on that car, even if you'd tried. So I went all in. Bear in mind at this point, any debt that or reoccurring payment I had to make out of my, my bank account was a phone bill. And that was about 40 quid, right? So I jumped to thousands of pounds from a phone bill. But I made the commitment, right? I said to myself, you know, I want a nice car. I'm fucking working every hour sends to, to pay for this stuff. And I, you know, I was, again, keeping up with the Joneses, right? Feeding the ego, having a nice sporty car to show how successful I was. In reality, in reality how was I successful? I was, ex- was exchanging every given moment of my time our most valuable asset that we can never get back to have a sports car, right? A nice, quick, fucking nippy back that I flew around town in. And for what? But I didn't know this at the time. I didn't know this, right? I was trying to keep up with the Joneses and give myself a good social status, right? The boy down at the coop who's always had nice cars and nice things. But I kept plugging away, kept plugging away, right? And the more money I earned through my time working at the co-op, the more I exceeded my living expenses, my lifestyle costs, I kept ranking it up, right? I got bored with the ST not long after that, a couple of years later, right? And I didn't just go and then go like, go and buy a Focus ST, you know, just the next notch up. Nah, I'm Lucas Newton. I do, I'm big, I'm bold, and I'm fucking a little bit mental, right? I went out and I bought a uh, Mark III Ford Focus RS, right? Which cost a little over 34, what was it? No, 33,160, 33,160 pounds was the exact cost because I remember it to this day because I was shitting myself when I signed the paperwork. Why did I, well, you're probably asking yourself, well, if you knew it was a crazy, crazy deal, why did you do it? Why did you sign, why did you sign the agreement for the, like just over fucking 30 grand? That's crazy. Are you mental? No. When you're in the mindset of exchanging your time for money to work for everything that you've ever had, you don't care. You just want the ego boost. You want the self-worth, the self-confidence boost by having, having nice things to show for the hard work that you're putting in, the daily grind, right? The Monday to fucking Sunday grind in the supermarket. You don't care. You just want something nice to show for your time. So anyway, signed the paperwork, got my, uh, got my Ford Focus RS about 12 months later because it had to be built and then had to be transported over from Spain. It was a massive moment, absolutely beautiful car. I can remember driving it home. I, I could actually, it was quite funny. I could barely, I remember picking it up and I just had an eye operation, right? Literally the day before. And one of my eyes was fucking on the wonk. And my mum was like, look, I'll come and pick it up with you. But if you can't see properly, 
let me drive home because you know you don't want to don't want to fucking like you know smash it up on your first drive home and i can remember being that adamant i was like there's no way you are driving my focus rs my 350 brake rs home when you drive a Peugeot. and i can remember just being like no it's not happening mum. i will drive home with one eye it's fine and i did i did i drove home in this brand new car with literally like one eye it was it was it was comical now thinking about it at the time it was fucking stupid but you know you do these crazy things when you're younger and it was the best um best self-worth and acceptance booster I think I've ever had because I didn't understand what I was doing at the time by keeping up with the Joneses, right? This, the ego boost that was injected into me when I picked up this car was absolutely fucking phenomenal. I was literally the boy around town, a great car to me. I was successful. I was earning great money. I was had a great car. I was living with some great pals at the time. Life was fucking awesome. It was great. I literally couldn't want anything else until what happens. A few months later, I'm paying all of these extortionate bills, right? I was paying, the insurance was crazy. I was looking at about £1,200 insurance bill, tax, um, servicing costs. And you just don't think about all these things when you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. You're exchanging so much time for your money. It's, it's, it's just, you don't have time to comprehend it. And that is the vicious circle. Um, just to put things in perspective, like the servicing bills, the tires, the tires alone for this car were literally costing me a month's wages when they needed replacing, which was twice a year. And I was looking at about 12, 12 to 1300 pounds for these tires. It, it was, you know, it was mad, mad costing prices to, to get all this sort of stuff replaced. But I didn't care. I shouldn't care. It was giving me the film it was giving me the excitement. It was giving me the ego boost. The, the social status that I wanted, you know, people would always come in and ask whose car it was. And, you know, it was just validation, right? And it's something that I've always tried to seek from other people when instead of just giving it to myself because of who I am. And like I said, it was a, it was a massive, massive game changer for me until later on when, this is sort of getting to the end of it now, where I realized that it wasn't, again, it wore off, right? Just like the ST, you know? it wore off and I was like, what am I doing? Like, you know, I'm spending the, the, the monthly payment on the car was 432 pounds a month. Then there was a fuel, which I was probably using in, in excess of 150 pounds a month. Then I had all my rent, you know, the cost of tires. It hit home at this point when I probably wasn't in a great state of mind mentally working at the co-op, um, like managerial pressures, um, and company pressures, you know, we're, we're getting fed down the line and, you know, we weren't hitting targets and all sorts of things, which led to a whole host of other mental, uh, what interesting mental time, should I say? Mental health wasn't great at the time. I was suffering. And it made me rethink everything that was going on, everything that was going on, why I was doing what I was doing, why I had all these extortionate bills. Like, I was literally, I was working hand to mouth. Like there was no, there was too much month left at the end of my money. Um, each and every month, it was crazy. But it led to a reality check. It led me to think, right, okay, this isn't fucking ideal. Like, I even need to work more to, to keep paying all these bills off or I need to start shedding things. And that's when I started to get creative. That's when I started to think, right, we're going to have to scale back here to sort this out. So I sold... DRS, because that was the biggest killer of the monthly wage. That was what was wiping out 75% of my income was the car. It was fucking phenomenal. 
So I wiped off the car. I sold that privately, gained a little bit of money, paid all the finance off, bang, done, sorted, happy days. Bought a cheap Peugeot to run around in. I had to start rebuilding my capital, my liquidity in the bank, which gave me, again, you know, it's a sort of different sense of self-worth at this point. I was thinking, right, okay, we're getting somewhere now. Got a bit more money, got a bit more money. And it's good, you know, I'm starting to build up a, bit, a little bit of a nest egg. Until, again, what happens? A few months later, probably six months in, right? Um, I start to get that itch again. I start to get that itch of, you know, ah, like I need something to, to boost me up again. I'm feeling shit. I've got nothing to enjoy for my, for my time and the effort that I'm putting in and the money that I'm building up in my bank account. I didn't know anything about investing at this point or, you know, how to, how to basically make your money, make money while you're asleep. I didn't know anything about this. didn't know about how bad exchanging your time for money really was and how to create valuable products and services to make more money and all the rest of it. So I had to feed the itch. I had to scratch the itch. So what was the, what, what did I do? Well, I reverted back to my old habits. I went out and I bought myself a BMW M235i Sport, another 18 brand down the drain, right? You wouldn't believe it. You'd think, have you not learned your lesson? No. You know, you have to learn, you learn these lessons the hard way. Went and bought myself a nice Beamer, 17-plate Beamer. Loved it. And what to do? It fucked me. It scratched that itch. I was loving it. Rear-wheel drive, 300 brake. Oh, my God, it was bliss. Absolutely loved it, right? Felt on top of the world again. It fixed all of my problems. Had the cash in the bank to sort it all out. No problems. A bit cheaper than the Focus as well, so it felt brilliant. Until another problem arose right? <laughs> you, you can never solve everything all in one go. It just doesn't work. Another problem arose. Work for me was becoming unbearable. I was just fed up. Although I had this awesome car again, you know, it had given me that little bit of self-worth, the validation I was looking for. I was fed up. I was waking up every day thinking, fuck, you know, I got to go back down to the co-op, deal with stuff that I really just didn't have a lot of time for, Bearing in mind, I, I was managerial staff then, so I had to deal with their problems as well as mine. Some days, it would literally be like a Jeremy Kyle show. I would just be like, what the fuck am I dealing with here? Like, this is not what I signed up for. I did not sign up to be a therapist. I did not sign up to be, you know, this person's mentor at the time. You know, I didn't, I wasn't in the state of mind that I'm in now. I was just fed up with it. It was like literally like a counselor, seven days a week. It was ridiculous. Meeting people after work, you know, talk through their problems, their issues. And, you know, for what? To have it all thrown back in my face, you know, and all the rest of it later on. It was a, it was a really shit situation to be in. But nonetheless, mental health um, was a big problem for me back then as well. Um, probably, what would it be now? Probably around two years ago now, coming to the end of my cooperative career. It was a massive problem for me. Um, I was fed up of exchanging so much time for my money. You know, I was, I was beginning to burn through the cash again with the car. I hated going to work, like I said, to deal with all the problems. And just doing the, the meaningless tasks each and every day. And I'm going to tell you the, the, the defining moment, the key piece of value that is inside of this episode, because this is like the make or break for me. I can remember going into work one morning with a, one of the good colleagues of mine um, uh, that I love working with day in day when I was there. He was one of the, the sort of funny guys who understood me. Um, and we went in that, that morning, it was probably about half five in the morning, quarter to six. I can remember still doing all my co-op clobber, right? It was fucking cold. It was sort of knocking around the winter sort of uh, season of the year. So it was cold, it was wet. I remember freezing my tits off on the shop floor because none of the heating had come or anything like that. I was in one of the fridges 
doing what, what was called a gap scan at the time. So going around this massive shop, something like twelve to 15,000 items on the shelves, scanning every black ticket that was on the shelf to say an item, we didn't have it basically, it was out of stock. And that's what you do every morning. You go around, you scan all the gaps and you go at the back, look for them. If they're not there, you adjust a book stock, right? I was doing it that morning. I can just remember just being like, what the fuck are you doing? And it was like a separate voice in my head. Like, I mean, this is going to sound crazy now, but it's like a voice in my head going, man, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're fucking buried in debt again. You've got little, little to no cash saved up in advance. So you can't even jack this job in. You're stuck. You're in a job you don't like. You're working with people on a daily basis that you just fucking have no time for and you cannot stand. Like, what is the purpose of life right now? What are you doing with your life right now? Because you're evidently not happy. And do you know, at that point, I thought to myself, someone, I, I need help. I need help. I cannot do this anymore. Like, this is, this is going to fucking make or break me. And it was at that point, that morning when then I took action, I started to, to think of getting out of the nine to five, potentially to go and do another job um, or something different, but I didn't know what. And there was any, there was any, there was, it was like essentially the, the victim mindset cropped up, right? It was the, it was the poor me. I fucked myself over. I don't know what to do. I need help, but I don't want to ask anyone for help. And, you know, just sort of like the world's done me wrong. And, you know, I've got myself into this mess, but nobody's going to help me sort of rectify it, right? But I knew I had to find a way to get out of it. 